Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, September 26, 2013, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 6, the chapter Into Action, and we are on page 86 today. We are going to begin at the top of that page reading When We Retire at Night. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, which was Wednesday, September 25th, is 5205. That's 5205. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'd now like to ask Diane G. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane from New Hampshire. 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. I'd now like to ask Sharon H. to please read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Janice. This is Sharon in Colorado, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. And 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other uh, media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are in chapter six, Into Action, and we are on page 86 in that chapter at the top of the page, beginning with the paragraph, When We Retire at Night. And today I'd like to ask Kathy Kay to please get us started. Thank you, Janice. This is Kathy from Massachusetts. Um, I'm a recovered and grateful compulsive overeater. Good morning to everyone. When we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? 
Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? But we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. Well, this is a very important paragraph um, and uh, is really uh, much like a continuation of step 10. Um, If you notice the second sentence where we're asked, uh, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Um, In step 10, those are the same character defects that we're watching for as we go through our day. Um, And we're asked again at the end of the day um, to review once again. And if there are uh, leftover feelings uh, in any of these areas, um, we need to uh, take them to God. Um, um, It's also all these questions. I've actually uh, been given a sheet that has them listed on a piece of paper, which I keep by my bed, um, just to make sure that I really cover the ground that we're being asked to cover here. Um, I also have learned um, how important it is not to get into what they call here morbid reflection, um, since uh, one of my character defects is perfectionism. I uh, often get upset with myself when I find myself having spent some time in fear and worry during the day without really taking action to surrender that. I'm learning to let that go, to just do an inventory, just like we're taught to do, and to ask God to remove them. Here it says, after making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. So that's the prayer, the 11-step prayer at night, is to review our day and to ask God for guidance and forgiveness. Um, I just want to say I found this difficult to do for a long time because by the time I got ready for bed, I was so exhausted. Um, I often just went to sleep without doing this. So I've actually, uh, with the help of my sponsor, realized that sometimes I have to do this 11-step review around dinner time rather than waiting till when I fall into bed at night. But the point is, in addition to doing spot check 10-step inventories throughout our day, we have one more opportunity uh, at the end of the day to review our actions, to look for resentment, selfishness, dishonesty, and fear, and to ask God uh, to take those from me, from us and for guidance on where we need to make amends and how we can be different tomorrow. With that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. 
Go ahead, Ms. Kim. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim Jay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Were we thinking of ourselves most of the day, or were we thinking of what we could do for others? So this is, this is the, the culmination of these steps. This is where we're now going to live. So even before we started these steps, on page 20 in the big book, it tells us our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help to meet our needs. And as we're about to embark on this inventory process, we were taught that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of our trouble. So this is where our work is. What we need to do is we need to depress self so that God can come up. We depress self so that God can come up. So that's what we're looking for. Where are we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Because I think way too much of myself, and that's why I'm so miserable. You know, so let's look at this pace. You know, we started this step nine, and then when we went into ten, it said we vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So we immediately go and we start using the skill set. And I used to think, why did I have when we retire at night before upon awakening? Because we get up first in the morning, so wouldn't they put upon awakening first? This is the urgency to get into this work. As soon as we start step 10, that evening, they're telling us, you better start doing step 11. So we're getting this as a way of life. As a way of life. We were told in the beginning, we have to seek this recovery with the desperation of a drowning man. And I have to say, even though I'm recovered today, I still seek that because I understand that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my trouble. And if I am not on a daily basis checking self, making sure that I'm God-conscious and not Kim-conscious, if I'm not doing my step 10 throughout the day, I will default to that selfish, self-centered, dishonest, and frightened person that I am. And if I don't at night check in with God, and say, God, look, this is how my day went. I'm going to look at it in a general way. Step 10 is the specific thing happening now. And step 11 is in general, God, how am I doing? And not as if you're constructively reviewing day, not destructively. This is not a way for us to beat ourselves up. But to understand that our freedom is predicated on our connection with God. So God, help me into my day. I want to know how I did with self. Was I releasing self today and thinking of you? And as I improve and become more God conscious, I'm asking God, how can I improve tomorrow? Help me to look at my day, where I can improve. Give me the strength, the guidance, and direction tomorrow to become closer to you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. And I'd like to comment on this paragraph. You know, if you're anything like me, and you've been working the steps, then you know how you came in. You know, I had this crippled belief system. I had this way of thinking about things that was not serving me well. You know, the disease centered in my mind. So my state of mind has been transformed. My state of mind has taken a lot of work here. Working of the steps four through nine as as we've been doing and then continuing, you know, I've entered the world of the spirit 
it says when we studied step 10. So here I am now. Now I'm going to be operating in the world of the spirit. I'm going to be operating in the world of the spirit. So I'm going to be given, thank you, God, some directions here, some some ways to do this. Those that have gone before me, those that were were recovered and, and who put this down in black and white, who put pen to paper and wrote this book for me, are telling me how it's been working for them and what they've been doing. You know, we do the things we don't believe and we get results we can't deny. And that's what's happening here. If I've entered the world of the spirit and now I'm trying to live in the world of the spirit. So how am I doing? This asks me, how am I doing? You know, at the end of the day, can I look at the day and can I see, has, have I been aware, consciously aware of God throughout the day? You know, I like to say God is in every breath. And I use that a lot during the day. I take a deep breath. I say, God is in every breath. Because that's how I'm trying to operate now, in a whole different way. You know, before I was spiritually undeveloped, and now I'm going to examine my thinking, and I'm going to try to get into some spiritual practices. And here's a spiritual practice. So they're saying, we're going to be constructive here, and we're going to look at our day. We're going to review our day. And we're going to look for those places in which I might have gotten tripped up. You know, where I might have felt that resentment, that selfishness, that dishonesty, that fear surface again. And what did I do about it? What did I do about it? Did I stick close to God and to my fellows? You know, so those are the things I can look at. You know, did I discuss something with another person at once if I got into a fix? You know, did I, was I kind? Was I loving? You know, how were those things operating for me today? Was my thinking on the right track? Because that's what's going to do it for me. You know, we've been taught that all action is born in thought. So how were my actions today? And were they coming out of a way of thinking that was God-centered, that was spirit-centered? Because that's where I'm going to be developing that communication with God. I'm going to be developing, and guess what? I am oh so human. Oh so human. And it doesn't ask me to be anything more than that. You know, I'm, in making progress, I'm not perfect and I never will be, and thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because then I wouldn't need you and I wouldn't need God. And that's what allows me to operate in a whole different way. Whole different way. You know, now I'm being spiritually developed Every day, one day at a time. And what happens if I'm into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection? I can't see outside of myself. You know, my vision narrows, and I want my vision to be open, open to the ways of love so that I can operate in the ways of love. And this paragraph gives me some really, really good directions on how to keep developing those communications with my higher power and with my fellows. Because communication equals understanding. And I'm always trying to deepen my understanding of God and my fellow humans. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? No, this is... I heard Melanie and who else? Lois. Melanie and then Lois. Go ahead, Melanie. Thank you, Janice. Hello, everyone. My name is Melanie, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in, in Oregon. I have the privilege of talking to my sponsor every single day. 
And among other things we have conversations about, um, I say things like, and this is my 10-step review. I don't know why I call it a 10-step review. I think I was taught to call it a 10-step review. Um, but truly, in essence, what I'm doing is this list of 11-step question answering. And I have it listed right down just exactly the way they have it written in this paragraph and single question. Where was I resentful? Where was I mad? Who did I get mad at today? Who did Melanie get snarky with today? I mean, real basic street language here from Melanie. And then the next one is, was I selfish? Did I take anything into my own hands? Did I consider myself first? And what I have to do for me is that I kind of have mine wrapped up in um, a tendency to want to be of service to you, but I have to go deeper than that. I have to look at what was my intention. I always have some sort of slant or twist to why I do something for somebody else. Sometimes it's, you know, what am I going to get out of this? And, and it's time to be able to take this um, and really examine myself inside. And it keeps me um, ever mindful of those kinds of intentions. And I have to do it just like that because in my life, I never took this kind of of moments to to really get down into what makes Melanie tick. I just did things on impulse all the time. The seriousness of this is it keeps me um, connected, and I am still working on a conscious contact or a concept of a higher power. And so when I hear people in these rooms have this free-flowing, easy idea that, oh, I really want to be connected to God and they really are moving and striving really strongly to go towards that, I'm still working on whether I am really going to grasp this concept of God. That's where I'm building it. And so I thought that it might be important if anybody else is out there like me that I chime in at this particular time. And it starts with just pulling apart what it was that I was up to in my day because I have come to realize in, in the development of this is that I do... Um, separate myself away from in these moments. And I'll tell you what mine manifests and looks like. It gets into their looking like ego or that I'm better than somebody. And I don't even realize it's happening. And um, because I am that quick to dissociate from my life's behaviors and my interactions with people, places, and things. It also helps me to somehow get around the ideas that I know about myself and that as I don't process life through my brain and process reality in my brain correctly. And it helps bring about some of those things as well. It really is um, a, a moment in time with Melanie as she is trying to get to be like some of these other folks that are talking on the line here. And I felt like it was really important for me to chime in and talk about things like that. So it's a, it really is an 11-step review, and it is one question at a time designed to slow Melanie down enough to take a real honest look of listening to whatever the truth is that's going to come up that will move me towards what I'm hearing everybody else saying today on the line that they already have. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Melanie. Go ahead, Lois. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. Um, when I when I think about the reading, and I did read it earlier today, was um, was this is this has been so valuable for me because in in learning about my behavior and and working through 
starting at step four and taking a look with God's help at my behavior, my thinking, my perceptions, my, my decisions and actions, and learning, you know, how that has created a negative world for me and for others around me, you know, that, that was where, that was a very valuable first first glimpse of all of that. And then in, in following through with five, six, seven, eight, and nine, um, I, I, I was shown, you know, how to do these one step at a time, one day at a time. And then in step 10 and 11, um, it's been so valuable for me because it's, it's, I have to practice this because I would slip right back into the old Lois, you know. And if I didn't take a look and clean house, which has been really very valuable to clean house one day at a time, little by little, um, those behaviors I know would slip back, you know, because I don't do this perfectly, but I do have it imprinted on my mind. And I do have a slip of paper, like somebody else said, which I can read and review. One of my first sponsors asked me to email it to her, you know, on a daily basis. And I, too, had to do it early in the day. But um, I, I today, you know, I've persevered, which is my favorite word, with perseverance, I, I work my program. And this is a big part of my program, as is the awakening part that um, I've, I've engaged um, with another compulsive overeater to, um, to call her, and she calls me, and we, we review our, our um, a day this way using these questions. And, and that's been very helpful um, because, first of all, I'm, I'm learning to build. God is building with me. He's helping me build a new way of acting, a new way of living, and upon spiritual lines. And this is the way, this this guideline is is what helps me on a daily basis with perseverance and I practice this and I don't do it perfectly but I really try to do it often most every day thank you and with that I'm going to pass thank you thank you Lower who else would like to comment on this paragraph this is Paula may I share go ahead Miss Paula and thank you Miss Janice and thank you for your service also well, when we retire at night, I'm going to scoot down to the last line here. After making our review, we ask God, and then we go on to forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. Well, see, that's it. Every single line, every single question, I ask with God. And I have to ask God to reveal to me what I don't want to see. Were I, was I kind and loving to all? God says, what about this one? And then I know clearly. And you know, it passed me by. It passed me by. I didn't even recognize it. Remember it says in, in, in the 10th step as we did it, we recognize. I am, when I am in self, I don't recognize. That's my ego at work. And here at the end of the day, as the beginning, as we'll go on, God says, let's look again. What did you miss, darling? And then I can look at it because of who I'm looking at it with. And then I can see it clearly. And then, and it starts with, and I'm going to end here, strange as it may seem, when we retire at night, we constructively, constructive is to build, not to break down, not to tear down. Constructively, to build up. Review. Review. What is review? To see. To see again. 
our day, the gift that had been given. What did I do with the gift that day? Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Mary Lee. I'm sorry, say that again. Mary Lee, may I comment? Go ahead. And this is Larissa. I also came in, if I may comment after. Okay. Good morning. This is Mary Lee, a compulsive recovered overeater in California. And um, I, I love this paragraph. And I love the word constructive. And I break it down into what I call the four Gs. And I start off with what the good in my day has been, what the glitch in my day has been, what the goal is to fix the glitch, and what my gratitudes are. And I, I just feel so blessed. I've been doing this with my sponsor for um, many years. And um, before it was, it was always, where was I at fault? How could I be better? You know, asking God. And by starting out with what the good in my day has been, it, it, I'm not better than, I'm not less than. It, it, it's not always breaking down, it's building up. So thank you for letting me share, Mary Lee in California. Thank you very much. And Lisa, go ahead. Uh, it's actually Larissa. Good morning, everyone. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm a grateful recovered compulsive eater in New York. Um, I, I love this paragraph. I actually consider this paragraph and my favorite paragraph in the big book, which is um, the one about us not being saints, and that the point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines to be the most important instructions in the book for long-term recovery. Um, specifically in September, we're taught um, that uh, this is a lifetime. This will continue for a lifetime. This is not an overnight matter. It's not like once we identify the patterns of our selfishness and we commence the cleaning up the wreckage of our past, and we find that spiritual experience that all of a sudden a switch has been flipped and we're never going to be selfish again. So we're given very clear-cut directions for what to do to be identifying where selfishness still exists, to, and we're given goals to grow towards. So the kind or loving towards all, um, was I thinking about myself most of the time. These are, these are ideals to grow towards in our recovery. They're not going to be perfect. We're still going to be um, reacting to instincts running amok. And the distinction is we get to pause now as we go through the day and to let God in, but it's not going to be this perfect undertaking. We're looking for progress, not for not perfection. At the end of this paragraph where it talks about not care, being careful, not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, I always add self-pity to that for some reason in my in my brain. But these are things that diminish our usefulness to God and man. And, and we're being given a really clear instruction here that if I start living in judgment of whether or not my recovery is good enough or my food is good enough or anything in my life that I'm giving to God is good enough, I'm going to diminish my ability to show up to be of service to God and man. And, you know, the whole point of this is for us to be able to put our heads on the pillow, giving everything that could have been better over to God for him to then take that to grow, help us grow towards a better way. And so we get a good night's sleep. That's why they start with what we do at night, so that we can actually 
sleep restfully and not be worried about the stuff we didn't do perfectly that day. We're giving it to God, putting it in his hands. I always ask my protégés, and I do the same thing, to make a prayer uniquely your own around whatever you could have done better that day because that's the area you want to let God into. If you haven't even assessed what you could have done better that day, where the hell are you going to let God in? So it's it's really logical um, what we're being told to do here. Uh, I also in the in the area where we talk about um, is there something you know we need to share with another person um, at once. Uh, I don't only view that as the things that you know were the resentments, the fears, the selfishness, the dishonesty that cropped up. You know sometimes the miracles that are happening in our lives are just impor- as important, if not more so to be sharing with the world around us. And sometimes we forget to do that. We forget to to comment on where God is transforming our lives and, and where things are infinitely better than what they used to be like. Um, so th- those are my takes on this really incredibly powerful paragraph. I'm not going to be perfect ever. I don't even seek to be perfect. I seek to be perfectly willing to grow along spiritual lines every day and to let God in. And these instructions are one of the most clear, perfect ways to get at the root of where do I need more God consciousness in my life. Um, I, I say every day that the one thing I could always do better is have more conscious contact with God because even if I'm having a very God-centered, beautiful day, there's always room for more God in my life. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you very much. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? Sharon. Go ahead, Sharon. Thank you, Janice. Uh, This is Sharon, Compulsive Overeater in Colorado, and I just wanted to thank everyone for their comments uh, regarding this paragraph. I am in the process of uh, doing my step nine, and I do see how uh, I really fell down over the years of being consistent and faithful to doing this uh, step 10, uh, the review at night. Uh, I did it in the morning, but not at night, and I too am... uh, doing it uh, before I'm so tired that I don't do it. So um, it's just helping me get prepared for when, because it seems like each day I, um, just a couple of of examples, and it's helping me to get started on this, is I struggle with drivers when I'm in traffic and uh, get frustrated very easily. And so, you know, I'm just uh, remembering to say, uh, God bless him and change me when someone does something that I don't like on the road and and all these other uh, things. I spoke to someone yesterday because I had um, gone back to my sister's house and we no longer live together and she's selling the home and and um, I just felt this, um, I, I don't know, just this sense of, oh, it's really over. I won't ever have that same relationship like I did with my sister for almost 10 years when we lived together. And um, so I just had to, I just had to say that. And for me too, it's so important to know that I don't drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection because I see that's really one of my defects of character. And then it just diminishes my usefulness to God and to others. So I just want to thank everyone who shared on on the line today um, regarding this and, again, seeing those underlying motives that um, I can so easily miss if I'm not faithful to do this every single night and in the morning. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. 
All right, one more. Any anyone else before we move on, move on? All right, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Katie, would you read that for us? Press star one to unmute. Good morning. Yeah, sorry, I'm here. Good morning. <laughs> this is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day before we begin. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. And... Um, in some of the in the OA meeting I go to um, in reading talking about abstinence, they, there's this one little line that says we abstain from negative thinking, and you know it's just is <laughs> just this one little sentence, and yet it's so hard to live up to, you know. But it, it certainly has a better chance of happening if I do this in the morning. If I give my day to God, which is what I do, I get on my knees every morning. I say. Uh, some prayers and, and even even on awakening before I get up, I say the serenity prayer and you know just try to separate myself from what is my job to take care of and what is in God's hands. And when I do that, you know I definitely have a better chance of having a good day. Am I perfect? Do I do everything right? Do I never do anything that requires? Um, you know, an apology or, you know, a, a redirect of my action? Of course not. But my life is not run on self-will run riot anymore. So, um, you know, I'm just grateful that, you know, this is such an important section that we're, we're reading right now. It, it, it's the nuts and bolts of what we do after we um, are recovered. It's not you know, this isn't um, something that we just do once and then we never have to think about it again. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I'd love to comment if you don't mind. You know, this, these instructions, you know, these things that are being shared with us here as a way of living, as a way of living, are so practical. They're so practical. You know, we are going to practice, practice this design for living. You know, I needed, I needed these kinds of clear-cut directions because I needed to be in a new way of thinking. You know, and, and I have been taught that it was my thinking that made me suffer. It was my thinking that always led me to picking up the food. It was my thinking that needed to be transformed. And that has not changed. That has not changed. And, you know, we've been taught that the maintenance of our spiritual condition is a daily affair. You know, it's a daily affair. So my thinking has to be placed on the right plane every day. You know, I get a fresh start today. Today. You know, when I opened my eyes this morning, 
when I awakened this morning and opened my eyes, I I had so much to be grateful for, you know, so much to be grateful for. First, that I was abstinent yesterday, that I was in recovery yesterday, that I was practicing these principles to the best of my ability one day at a time. So today, God helped me to be in that place again. You know, so in the morning, you know, we we open our eyes and we say, okay, help me prepare my spiritual self so that my physical self can live in this world all integrated and try to live with God consciousness. You know, and how is that going to happen? You know, these this step 11, it's not a huge step four inventory. It's not even a step 10 inventory because step 10, we're trying to practice all day, every day with the directions we were given. So now step 11 is asking me to go just a little bit further, just a little bit further in being reminded to live in that world, that spiritual world, as well as the physical world. It doesn't ask me to be removed from the physical world. It asks me to be even more in the physical world. You know, today with my fellows, with my human beings that I'm going to interact with today, how do I do that? What's it going to look like? How, how do I need help? We ask God to direct our thinking. We ask God to direct our thinking. You know, and that's, that's a most useful prayer for me. God, direct my thinking. Anytime during the day where I need help, help me remember to take a deep breath. God is in every breath. And help me act those intentions that I have to be helpful, to be useful, to be kind, to be loving. That's a tall order for somebody like me. It's a tall order. I do not do it perfectly. But at least I know where the power source is. You know, this, this is reminding me to always be aware, to the best of my ability, where's that power source? Because that power source can look like my fellows, can look like a phone call. It can look like a dip into reading and writing. You know, I try to have something with me during the day, you know, if I have a little break, to kind of recenter myself. You know, this, our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. And those wrong motives are always those motives that are dominated by fear, you know, for me. So I want to be aware of those things during the day, and this is where I'm asking God to help direct my thinking all day, every day, you know, that, that I can live in a, in a much better place when I have this kind of thinking. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? I comment. Okay, I got. I didn't hear individuals, so please, could you tell me that again, one at a time? Melanie. Okay, I heard Melanie. And Paula. Ken. And Paula and Kim. Yes. Okay, Paula, uh, Melanie, Paula, and Kim. Thank you, Janice. Melanie here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, and I'll talk again in, the, in my own street language as I know that I am impulsive, compulsive. Um, my mind came in here pretty much anesthetized, intoxicated, blurred. Um, I was um, slow to temper, but I, if something you know, blindsided me, I was 
infused immediately. And I spent all this time with help going through a four-step, a four through nine, getting all that cleared out. And so this is another beautiful built-in process to come awake again, to take a moment to pause. It's discipline. It's a, it's a practical practice, again, in discipline. And with, this, with these specific instructions upon awakening, considering my plans for the day, what seems to happen is a better chance of Melanie engaging in the moment instead of hitting the floor running blindly, um, impulsively, compulsively, shooting through my day. Am I going to go here? Am I going to go there? I've got to get this, got to do that. I'm not engaging with a human being in my life. It stops and helps me pause in the very beginning of the day, interrupting that race, racing brain of mine. It's a daily practice and discipline again, helping me build a different kind of life, like Janice was saying, to now one of intention. Melanie is building on a life of intention that I'm able to stop and see, stop and question, stop and purposefully put place my next foot. From step one, my life is unmanageable completely, let me tell you, to now we're going to practice things with intention. And again, this is that thing. So when I'm waking up in the day, I can set the pace. And you know what? There's a better chance that I'm going to have some successes. I'm going to have some moments of building um, integrity with this small bit of practice. Another piece of discipline where I was out of control, out of reality before recovery. Just very sweet and very simple built in right here without a pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melanie. Go ahead, Paula. Thank you. On awakening, how thorough I do this makes the difference of the day. I noticed my review became not 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 as much the depth was still there, but it became shorter. My ten step much clearer because of what I did here. The first thing we do is we ask God, then you are with God. If you're asking something from somebody, you are with them. They are the difference. Direct my thinking, especially that it be divorced. Now, that's it. To be divorced is to be separated from sweetheart. To be married is to be living with. The question is, Paula, are you divorced from self-pity? Are you separated from that dishonest or self-seeking motive? Are you still living with that? The only one that can separate from me from that was the one that could separate me from that this, this disease, and it wasn't my mind and it wasn't my body. It was God himself. That's why I come here. We ask God. We ask God. And then it says, and I will end with, I'll scoop right down, our thought life, there it is. It has a life of its own. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane. Who does the placing? Not my ego anymore. We're not thinking. There it is again. It's cleared. It's like a clearing when you see them clearing away the brush. You see, and oh, all the brush is covering up. It's cleared of wrong motives, all those wrong motives. The brush that pinches and, and sharpens and, and tears you along the way. It's cleared once the wrong motives are out of the way. 
Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. Go ahead, Kim. Thanks, Janice. On awakening, before we begin, I think this is so essential because I don't know about you, but my mind wakes up about 20 minutes before I open my eyes. And we were told that the mind is the crux of our problem. So how can we invite God in from that moment that we wake up? You know, just a funny thing. I live alone and I have two dogs and I was trying to you know, turn on the light and open the book to read this and my dogs would get all, they have to go to the bathroom so I let them out and I'd have to go to the bathroom and I was like, I have to think of a way to do this more so that I can do it right away. So with modern technology, I recorded myself on my iPad reading this. So when my alarm goes off, I simply hit play and I hear myself reading this and because it's my voice, my dogs just cuddle in with me and for two minutes and 15 seconds while I'm reading this, I start my day that way. And it's absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful to start my day hearing this, cuddling with my dog. The other thing I want to point out was, you know, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking it to be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. And someone pointed out to me, what is a divorce? A divorce is a separation from something that we used to love. And isn't that true? Didn't we learn that in 4 through 9, that our selfishness, our self-seeking, our dishonesty, we were so invested in them. As painful as they were, we loved them. And that's why we're asking God to be divorced from them, to be separated from something that we used to love. We loved our resentments. We loved our anger. We loved our fear. We loved our sex conduct. But we saw the destructive nature of them, and now we're asking to be separated. And the other thing I want to point out, because this just gives me a giggle, being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Well, let me tell you, absurd actions and ideas, I specialized in that. I'm a human being. I'm going to make mistakes. But I can ask God into those mistakes. I grew up thinking I could only go to God when I was perfect. And what I learned in step 11 and step 10 is that God is with me all day. God loves me regardless. And that I'm inexperienced in this. This is not something that comes naturally. And what I find is as I grow in recovery, I'm always inexperienced. Because you know what? When I came into OA, I only had two things. I had food and a television set. And as I grow and I get these gifts, I'm inexperienced. When I went back to school after 20 years, I was inexperienced in school, so I had to ask God into that. You know, I have these wonderful dogs I love. I didn't get a dog until I was 38 years old. I wanted one my whole life. It was the most overwhelming thing I ever went through. And I asked God into that because I was an inexperienced owner. You know, when I led the meeting yesterday for the first time, I was shaking in my boots, shaking in my boots because I'm inexperienced at it. But I asked God into it. And I made a mistake and I giggled at myself. You know, and right now I'm really praying because I'm single and I haven't dated in five years and I would really like to start dating again. And I don't know what that looks like as a 46-year-old woman. So I'm, I'm always an experience. I'm always asking God in. And when I make mistakes and I do all sort of absurd actions and ideas, my God is there with me to laugh with me, to guide me and to help me to make better decisions tomorrow. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. 
Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Yes, Catherine. Well, go ahead, Catherine. Um, I've been away and back to OA and 12-step programs, I would say, in the last 10 years, and I haven't actually completed it at all ever. And um, in January, started getting involved in it again. Um, and in trying to do some service to bring other people some information about OA, I had left my big book. When I called in here yesterday, I found a big book that a friend had sent me probably three years ago. And when I opened the page today, there was a yellow sticky and an asterisk beside the part that says, On Awakening, Let Us Think About the 24 Hours Ahead. It's a sign. And I'm so very grateful that I could get through here this morning because I tried before and it wouldn't let me contact the number. But I really appreciate the service and it speaks to me. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Well, let's move on into the next. I'm sorry, who was that? This is Deborah. I just wondered if I could comment or. Um, I'm having a hard time. Okay, I'm having a hard time. Was that Rebecca? This is Deborah from Michigan. I'd like to speak. Uh, Go ahead, Deborah. Thank you. This um, unawakening name is. I have found real vital. Um, good morning, everyone, and thank you for being here. This has really made a tremendous change in my life to take the inviting God in, and I find that it, if I quiet my mind and I think of a two-way prayer um, or prayer prayer exercise where I get quiet, uh, I ask God these questions, I invite him into my life where I go do whatever I do today and ask him to direct my thinking, the forces of this evil that just, you know, is out there doing push-ups and I find that throughout the day that also re-fortifies me to be able to do the spot check with a 10 because in the morning I prayerfully invited my higher power in to be there for me, that I actually remember him and his voice, his inspiration, his whisper would be more in the front of my brain than the ego going, you know, you can skip this, you, can, you don't have to do that when I know God's going, okay, Deborah, what's the right thing to do? And with that, I pass. Thank you. And I heard one other person? Yes, it's Larissa, Recovered in New York. May I comment? Go ahead. So, um, again, the power of the instructions here. Um, In the third step, we made an agreement. We made a contract with God in that prayer that said that he heals us, we have an obligation to be useful to him, that you know, whatever's going on in our lives and victory over anything that's going on with us is going to bear witness so that we can be of use to others. Like That's the whole purpose of recovery. So here we are recovered by the time we get to these instructions. So God's done his job 
and now we have to do ours, which is every morning, if I'm not waking up asking for my marching orders from God, then I'm not honoring my end of the agreement for the recovery I've been freely given. And so more than anything else, as has been stated, like the disease lies in my mind, so my thinking is where I need God to start working on me because thoughts beget deeds, and if my thinking's off, my behavior is going to be off. Um, so it's just, it, again, so incredibly logical. And then this reminder that, you know, not to get cocky around this, we've just entered this way of living. So we are not going to be inspired at all times, even though in the ninth step we have this beautiful promise that says we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. It's not going to be this perfect thing that we're always going to know the right thing to do. So as we continue the study of the instructions as we go through the day, we're reminded of that, that we need to keep letting God in. So the first thought in the morning is, God, what are my marching orders today? You know, what do you need from me for me to be of maximum usefulness to you and my fellows? And um, what is it going to look like? God, show me. Show me that path for today. Um, It's just, again, incredibly responsible, logical instructions that give me what I need to do to keep um, what has been freely given. And if I don't do these instructions every day, if I'm not in constant thought of, okay, God, what's next and where do you need me to be and how can I be of service, I'm going to go right back to the selfish, self-centered way of operating in the world and I'm going to be right back doing the self-destructive behaviors that were blocking me from God and killing my spirit, uh, my body, and my mind. So thank God for for these, you know, this mindfulness that it's, you know, from the moment I wake up, thank you that I get another day another chance to get it right. What's next, God? What do you need from me? Thanks for letting me comment. Thank you very much. Well, I see our time is up for today. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Thank you to Diane and Sharon for doing the steps and traditions and to Kathy Kay, Katie, Lisa, and Deborah for being on my list of readers today. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Lisa, could you please read that for us? Good morning. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Lisa Renee from South Jersey uh, in recovery today. Thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.